couple weeks ago, um, remember I, I spoke on the Holy Spirit as a person, not as just a thing, something that we think is floating around in space that has nothing to do with our life. And today I kind of want to continue that discussion of the Holy Spirit. Um, I think too often we, we go through life and we, we try to be good Christians, we try to do what we're supposed to do, we try to um, do what the Bible says, and we're, you know, we don't lie, we don't steal, we don't uh, covet people's things, we're not jealous, we don't, we don't do all these things that the Bible tells us not to do, but I think along the way we forget that when Jesus was leaving, He said that He was going to send a helper. He was going to send the Holy Spirit to come and help us out in our walk. How many knows that God knew what was going to happen before you were born? God knew how the earth was going to be. He didn't think that it was going to get better and it was just going to be perfect. Otherwise, there'd be no reason for Jesus to come back to take His bride. But God knew how the earth was going to be. God knew that it was going to be hard for Christians. God's Word says that we will be persecuted for His sake. Things will be hard. But He left us with that hope that He was going to send the Comforter, being the Holy Spirit. As I was preparing for the, the rest of this message, uh, it, didn't, it, it wasn't this long <laughs> when I first started doing because I was just going to finish. But uh, anybody who's done a message knows that God can, can put in more than what you thought. So as, as I was preparing, preparing for this sermon, I, I, I was thinking to myself, as, you know, as uh, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit giving you utterance, giving you things to say, giving you the right things to say, I came across this, uh, this I don't know, it's a joke, I guess, um, but uh, it kind of inspired me <laughs> a little bit in a, in a weird way, um, but a Basically, a boy was watching his father, who was a pastor. He was writing his sermon, typing away at his computer, writing notes down. The child says, how do you know what to say? The pastor being, being a pastor, he says, well, God tells me. The Holy Spirit tells me what to say. The boy replied, oh. Then why do you keep crossing things out? <laughs> and that's how I felt when I was doing this, <laughs> when I was preparing for this tonight. Um, I thought, man, I'm supposed to be uh, practicing and walking, taking steps with the Holy Spirit, but yet every, when I was preparing for this, there was so many times I would just, ah, that doesn't sound right. That's not good. Well, I don't think the Lord wants me to say that, so I'm going to mark that out. Um, but... Tonight, the, I want to talk about the works of the Holy Spirit. Um, I want to talk about the works of the Holy Spirit, one in the life and ministry of Jesus. Because um, who more do we want to be like than Jesus, right? Then second, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit through the Bible. How the Holy Spirit inspired these people, these men of God, to write the Bible. And thirdly, how the Holy Spirit interacts with believers today. So like last time I had 100 scriptures, I probably have the same amount tonight. Um, but I will try to get through this. 
So first I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit worked in the life and ministry of Jesus. First off, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. If we look in Luke 1, verse 35, the Bible says, And the angels answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The same thing is said in, in Matthew 1.18. As Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit, He was not conceived by a man. So Jesus was first and foremost conceived by the Holy Spirit in the very beginning of Jesus' time on earth. We see that the Holy Spirit was involved in His life. The Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit helped things come to pass. Next, we talk about the anointing of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 3.16, since Jesus was baptized, and immediately He went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to Him, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on Him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We also see this in Mark 1, 10 and 11, and Luke 3 and 22, saying basically the same thing. Um, Jesus was baptized by John. He came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. God said, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. And I want to point out again, I may have done this a couple weeks ago, but I want to point out the fact that God said that Jesus was His beloved Son in whom He is well pleased without doing anything. Jesus had done nothing in His ministry yet. He had not even begun His ministry yet. He had not been tempted by Satan yet at this point. He had not done anything other than study God's Word, go to the temple. He got caught preaching in the temple after He left His parents. All the good things, but no, nothing supernatural that you could say would happen except for basically his birth. So, I think it's important for us to notice that until the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus, his ministry had not begun. Now, in this instance, um, anointing or anoint. Uh, means to set someone apart, um, to authorize and equip him or her for a task of spiritual importance. The Greek term for anoint is creo, um, basically meaning the same thing there. Um, Jesus was set apart um, by the work of the Holy Spirit in his ministry for preaching, healing, teaching, and deliverance. Acts 10, 37 and 38. You guys can go ahead and flip there for me. We're going to continue on, on, on the Holy Spirit and His anointing of Jesus. Verse 37, it says, You yourself know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed. Verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with Him. 
See, I think it's important to note that without the, before the anointing of God, before the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, Jesus, though living a sinless life, performed no miracles, at least what the Bible says. There's nothing in the Bible pre-Holy Spirit, pre-anointing, that Jesus did any miracles. So, I wonder, I, I ask myself, why do we think we can do the same? Why do we think because of who we are and what we do for God that we are able to go and we are able to, to do miracles for God or, or we are able to do things for God without the power of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit supported and led Jesus Matthew 4.1 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. In Mark, Mark says he immediately drove Jesus, the Holy Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. This was right after Jesus was baptized. This was right after the Holy Spirit came down upon him like a dove. This was right after God says, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. As soon as that had happened, immediately Jesus was drove into the wilderness. Now in the wilderness, this is where Jesus spent time um, in fasting and praying for 40 days. That is a long time to go without eating. That is a long time to go without drinking. Um, for, for us men and women here, that would probably send us over the top or six feet under, whichever one. But that's what Jesus did, and I, and I think it's important to note that it was the Holy Spirit that drove him to do that. I think a lot of times we get in our mind, hey, I need to do this, I need to do that. Um, I need to start a new ministry because people need food. We need to start a food pantry. We need to start this, we need to start that. But I think if we don't wait on the Holy Spirit, if we just step out, too many times we fail because we're doing it on our own accord. We're doing it under our own power instead of relying on the Holy Spirit to direct and to guide us. In Luke 4, 1 through 2, it says the exact same thing. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit and in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. As we read already in Luke 4.1, 4, just a second ago, Jesus was filled with the Spirit. I think it's important, super important right here, that though Jesus, being fully God and fully man, He relied on the Holy Spirit in order to go and do the things that He did. He relied on the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit to take him into the wilderness. He relied on the Holy Spirit to do the miracles that he did, the healing of the blind, the, the feeding of the fish. All of those relied upon the Holy Spirit. Jesus was also offered to God by the Holy Spirit. This next passage is going to be kind of long, but uh, we're going to start in verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 9. But while you're getting there, I want to recap basically what Hebrews 9 is talking about. 
So in Hebrew nine, Hebrews 9, verses 1 through 10, the de- here it depicts the strict preparations and ritual duties required by the priest to enter into the first section and into the second section only the high priests who are able to enter which is where the Ark of the Covenant was. This was back in, in Old Testament time. This was back before Jesus um, died on the cross obviously. In this, in this preparations, the high priests they made sacrifices one for themselves of blood and then another for the unintentional sins of the people. Now that verses 1 through 10 is just describing what's going on there, but it plays an important role in in verses 11 through 14. Because in the next few verses we see why it was so important for Jesus to do what He did. Why it affects us so greatly for what He did. But when Christ appeared as the high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, How much more will the blood of Christ, whom through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So like I was saying before, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. If it was not for the Holy Spirit, He would not have been led out into the wilderness. He would not began His journey through His ministry. But through the Holy Spirit, In the leading of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was offered up to God as a perfect sacrifice, as a sacrifice that we are so thankful for today. The sacrifice that that we can now lean on as our salvation. And Jesus was also justified by the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy 3.16 Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit. Vindicated also means justified. Seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. So, as for Jesus' ministry, we see throughout Scripture, and, th- and guys, I want to I just point out that I am covering basic information here. This is not a super in-depth study of how Jesus was uh, led by the Spirit and how, how the Spirit really moved through His life. That would take multiple, multiple sermons. But tonight, I just want to kind of point out how the Holy Spirit was detrimental in 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 Jesus' life, in His ministry, and how he, how the Holy Spirit worked through Jesus. Next, we want to talk about the works of the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures. First, I want to talk about the prophets. So, 
So in Acts 28 and 25, we see a reference to the book of Isaiah. If you want to go ahead and turn there with me, Acts 28, 25. saying, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their eyes they can barely hear. With their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I will heal them. That's actually through verse 27. We also see where the Holy Spirit was in the book of Psalms. In Acts 1.16, it says, Brothers, the Scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before, beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. We see that the, the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 6.17 the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. We see that our tool, the thing that we need to use is the Word of God which is given by the Holy Spirit. Now the ministry of the Holy Spirit among believers. The Holy Spirit has a lot to do with our life today. I think if we, if we can really sit back and we were able to look and see from a, from a crystal ball or from, from heaven, if we could see how the Holy Spirit was moving in our lives, I think we would be astounded. I think it would be astonishing of how, how much the Holy Spirit does for us and does through us. First of all, the Holy Spirit regenerates believers. In John 3, and 1 through 8, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, 
he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from and where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now I know a lot of times we, when we talk about the Spirit, we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but that's not what I'm, we're talking about here, at this moment anyway. We're talking about the Spirit and Him drawing you to God. We're talking about being, being, having the Spirit in you, the Spirit of God inside of you as we receive our salvation. There's also the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Romans 8.11. There is therefore now no condemnation. Hold on. I apologize, I have the wrong verse here. Yes. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Thank you. Thank you. So the Holy Spirit is not something that we see that just is out in, in the air that is doing things. The Holy Spirit is something that lives inside of us as we receive salvation. The Holy Spirit is something that convicts us. The Holy Spirit brings conviction to our lives. The Holy Spirit leads us and directs us because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Now we all know the, the verse in Acts 2 and 4, um, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the dis disciples being in the upper room and praying without ceasing and, and, and the wind rushing in, they, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit with tongues of fire um, as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's another act of the Holy Spirit. We also see that with the... Um, in Acts 8, verses 14 through 17, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. This tells me that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not something that people receive automatically at salvation. This is not something that they receive that has to be received automatically at salvation. It can. I've seen people be baptized and come up speaking in tongues and it's fantastic, it's great, but that's not the common thing. What we see here is, is, is Peter and John, they went to the Gentiles because they had been saved, they believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord, but they had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which brings on power. So they went and they prayed with them and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit being, being a second manifestation of the, of the Spirit. Though it already indwelled inside of them, they did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit can baptize a believer, giving them power, giving them utterance, giving them wisdom beyond their own knowledge. 
The Holy Spirit guides believers today. And John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. I think that's pretty awesome how, the, how if we allow the Holy Spirit, those kind of things can happen to us. It's, it's something that's supernatural. It's not something that you and I can go out and do just on a whim and say, I want to know what that guy is doing and absolutely know what they're doing. But it comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from something that is more than us. It comes from something that, that dwells inside of us. Have you ever been in the store and you, and you see a person in line and just something, something pricks your heart, something comes to mind, and you have no idea why? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit that gives you the discernment to know that there's something there's something going on. I can remember a time when my wife and I first got married that we were going to the store and we didn't have any money. <laughs> we had no money at all. In fact, we were living in a hotel room um, for about a year. And uh, there was a lot of things going on at this point, but uh, I remember I went to the store and I was trying to trying to find something that I could buy with a little bit of money that I had. Uh, and I could barely buy ramen noodles. Uh, I mean, I had, I think it was $2. And I was trying to buy for, the, for our family of five with like $2. Um, and I went, grabbed what I could, and went to the checkout line, and uh, the guy in front of me just... He, said, he saw me, and I, I don't know what made him think this. I mean, I had just gotten off of work, and I wasn't crying. I wasn't, you know, just boohooing that I didn't have any money because um, that's kind of a personal thing for me. My dad will tell you that. I don't like doing, dealing with money. I don't like having money issues. But for some reason, this guy just turned to me and handed me 20 bucks. I said, well, what's this for? He said, well, I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me that you need this. Um, so, you know, I, I, tonight we're talking about what the Holy Spirit can do for believers. And, and I was a believer at that point. I wasn't following God, though, like I should. I wasn't even going to church. But uh, the Holy Spirit can prompt you to do things um, that is, one, physical, one, tangible, but two, so supernatural. Um, but if we'll only listen and if we'll only obey. The Holy Spirit empowers us. In Micah 3.8 says, But as for me, I am filled with power with the Holy Spirit of the Lord and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Luke 1.35 says, the, And the angel answered her, we're talking about Mary here, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I'm just saying, if the Holy Spirit can conceive with, can cause a virgin to have a baby, there's really not much that he can't do. I'm just saying. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> Luke 4.14 says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about Him went out through all the surrounding country. 
We see multiple times, I have multiple verses here about the power of the Holy Spirit working in, in people's lives throughout the Bible, in, in Jesus, um, and in the disciples, and in, and in Micah, and in, and in John. Um, there is power in the Holy Spirit. I think it's, I think it's very relevant for the, for the Holy Spirit because He was sent to be a helper, to have power have power on this earth, to have power to work in you and power to work through you. He empowers us to do the works of God. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, but we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification or being made righteous, made clean by the Spirit and belief in the truth. In 1 Corinthians 6, and we're going to go back to verse 9 as we kind of get a, a pretext to the verse 11, which is the main one I want to see. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. If that, if that, if that verse, if, if those verses don't get you excited, I don't know what will. Because when we, we sit here and we look at all these things and we think, man, those are some terrible people. Sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers. They don't get the they don't get into heaven. Liars, thieves, they don't get into heaven. But verse 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That is awesome. That is awesome. So if, you, if you're waiting to, to seek salvation until you get it right, don't wait, that's not, that's not what I read here. I read that Jesus saves those kind of people. He sanctifies those kind of people. Sanctification means cleansing, made new. I find that the Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit bears witness. Romans 8.16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Bearing witness is something that he tells you this is what it is. He tells you this is how it is. Hebrews 10, 15 through 18 says, And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, declaring the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their hands. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. The Holy Spirit bears witness. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will tell us, will let us know that 
our sins are covered. You know, if, if you heard the preacher say, you got to know that you know that you know that you're saved, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. The Holy Spirit gives us conviction, sure. That's, that's, the, that's the, the correction part. But there's also the part where the Holy Spirit tells us, hey, you're doing good. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. And that comes from the Holy Spirit. Which is important because this next part, the Holy Spirit brings us comfort. That alone is comforting. But in John 14, 16 through 26, it's a long one. I told you they'd get tired of me reading. <laughs> um, the Holy Spirit comforts. In John 14, 16 through 26, says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper. This is Jesus speaking. To be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Kind of another um, indicator that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something separate. Um, I see in this verse here, you know Him, for He dwells in you. He dwells with you and He will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, verse 18. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, and, also, and you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself it to him. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's pretty comforting. That's pretty comforting to know that, you know, we, we, we didn't get to walk with Jesus. We didn't get to understand how that was like. But through the power of His Holy Spirit, we can get pretty close. We can get pretty close because we, we're not, we weren't left alone. We didn't have to go back to the high priest and, and, and offer sacrifices that he could take into the Ark of the Covenant with him. The veil was torn when Jesus was crucified and we are able to go directly to the Father. And our sacrifice is Jesus Himself. The Holy Spirit gives us joy in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 says, And you become imitators of us and of the Lord, for you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. My wife 
when we're going through hard times, when we're, when we're in a fight, when, when we're having problems with the kids, as you know, most parents do, she often wonders why I can keep so calm. Um, though it seems like the world's ending around us. And I have to give credit to the Holy Spirit because it's not me. Um, if you had known me when I was a kid, I had a pretty bad temper. I, I didn't keep calm about many things. But I can say that is one thing that the Holy Spirit has done for me in my life. And that is to give me joy and give me comfort in the worst of times. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, that is not something that He just meant for me. I think He means that, for, means that for everyone. I truly do. The Holy Spirit gives discernment. 1 Corinthians 2, 10-16 These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not thought by human wisdom, but thought by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Have you ever been watching something and just turned it off because you're like, that just made me feel wrong. My, my brother, we were talking about this yesterday. Um, Daryl, who's not here, by the way, his wife and, and Ethan both had teeth removed today, so they're not feeling too great. But, uh, um, so pray for them. But uh, we were talking about this yesterday uh, when he came over and uh, how he was watching something. He he'd got into this, uh, this TV series. He thought it was so great. It was awesome. He just, they just couldn't stop watching it. It was that good. Um, but then one thing came on, and it wasn't tremendously bad. Um, it wasn't you know, showing anything bad. It was just something that clicked in their spirit. But it wasn't the thing that clicked in their spirit that got them to stop watching it. It was the fact that the Holy Spirit revealed to them, I've been watching this thing all day long, and I have not spent any time with my kids. I mean, was, was what they were doing wrong watching this show? Was it um, incredibly graphic and bad? I don't know, probably not. But the thing that I thought was most amazing was that the Holy Spirit prompted them. You watching this show? You're not, you're not paying attention to your kids. I've had this in my life too, but um, we get so caught up in things and we don't. But if we allow the Holy Spirit, it will guide and direct us. The natural person does verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. In John 4, 1 through 6, it's Speaks the same thing of spiritual discernment, being able to discern between spirits, being able to discern between things good and bad. Discernment is a gift of the spirit, um, by the way, which we will get to. Um, it is is something that uh, that the Holy Spirit gives 
as we allow. The Holy Spirit bears fruit in our lives. Galatians 5, 22-25 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So I want to read that again, and, and as I'm reading it, I want you to think, think, think of today. Um, think of uh, how, how today has went, how you reacted to certain situations, and compare it to this. It's a good way to, to find out if you're truly walking in the Spirit. Amen? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, that one's hard. Kindness. Hard sometimes too. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Against such things there is no law. Meaning there's... There's nothing um, other than the Spirit that can cause these things to happen. And lastly, the Holy Spirit is a gift giver. Gives us gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, 3 through 11. I'll let you guys go ahead and turn there for me if you could. First Corinthians twelve three through eleven. This is where we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the Spirit of utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, discernment, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of said tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Have you had those working in your life? These gifts of the Spirit? Have you received wisdom that you thought, have you been asked a question and you're able to give an answer or somebody has a problem and you're able to speak life into that situation and you have no idea where that came from? A scripture comes to remembrance that you hadn't read in months but you remember it for that certain situation? 
Have you believed in something that something would happen that everyone around you had said wouldn't happen? Have you prayed for somebody lately and they've been healed? Have you been able to speak into a person's life about things to come, about, about things in their life that, that would happen? Have you been able to prophesy into somebody's life? For those that have been baptized in the Spirit, have you been able, have you spoken other tongues lately? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that, that is true and relevant for today. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, have you, have you, have you done it lately? Have you spoken other tongues? It's been a while since we've had a message in tongues with interpretations here, but it's happened quite a few times. Tonight, as I close, my hope is that you can see how truly important the Holy Spirit is. I think too often we get in this mode of just doing everything ourselves without the thought of asking for help. Um, without of seeking the helper that was sent for us in the Holy Spirit. We see throughout the Scriptures that the Holy Spirit inspired the writing of, of the Bible. We see in the life of Jesus that until the Holy Spirit came upon Him, He didn't do any extraordinary works. He was a well-behaved kid. <laughs> he knew the Bible. But miracles had not happened yet. But it wasn't until the Spirit came upon him that his ministry truly began through the power of the Holy Spirit when lives were changed. I think the, the last part being one of the most relevant parts is how the Holy Spirit works through us today through regeneration, through the indwelling, baptism, guiding, empowering us, sanctifying us, bearing witness, comforting us, giving us joy, giving us discernment, giving us gifts. Tonight, if this is if this is all new to you, if you've never heard about the Holy Spirit before, if the Holy Spirit's never worked in your life, we're going to end. And if, if we could, I'd like to take about five, ten minutes to, to pray. But if the Holy Spirit, if you've, not, if you've not ever been introduced to the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit has not ever been something that you feel working in your life, tonight I want you to pray during these five to ten minutes that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you Himself, that the Holy Spirit would become real. Not just something that we read in this, in this book, in the Bible, but the Holy Spirit would reveal Himself to you in a real, tangible way. That He would act in your life and that you could feel Him move in your life. If this isn't something new, tonight I want you to spend your time in prayer. I want you to ask yourself, does God... Does God have more in store for you through the Holy Spirit? Have you reached your peak of what God has, God has for you? No. 
I believe we don't see the Holy Spirit move like we read about in the Bible. Because unlike these people in the Bible, we don't seek God the way they did. We have a lot of distractions. I'm guilty of allowing these distractions to come in between me and, and my God. But tonight, if, if, if you have felt the Holy Spirit move in your life, but it's been a while and you haven't felt Him recently, you don't feel like there's been fruit from your walk with God, if you haven't prayed in tongues, being baptized in the Holy Spirit in a while, if you're wondering what gifts God has for you, these gifts that we spoke about earlier, if you're wondering what, what gift do you have, because the Bible says clearly that not everyone received every gift. But do you know what your gifting is through the power of the Holy Spirit? I believe tonight that God wants to change us. I believe that God wants to, to use us through the power of His Holy Spirit. But I also believe God is just waiting for a people who will humble themselves and pray like the church in Acts that we've heard about last Wednesday, painfully, without ceasing, seeking after God. I believe that God will fill us with His Spirit and that we will become fruitful again in everything that we do. If we could get enough of God to the point that He's our number one, that He truly is our number one, I think that there is nothing that we cannot accomplish. Even just these few people that are here today, I think there's nothing that we couldn't accomplish. And I think there's nothing that He couldn't accomplish in our lives. If you're having financial problems, if you're having relational problems, problems at work, I think if we allow the Holy Spirit to interact and to, to be a part of our life in a greater way, I think those things will come out amazing. I think they'll come out fantastic. Um, I think they'll come out the way they're supposed to. If we'll just get out of our own way, and forget about the things that we learned when we were kids. Forget about the things that we think is rational and things that, that are true. And allow God to work through us. Allow the Holy Spirit to indwell in us, to move through our lives. I think that I think we'll, we'll be a different church. I think we'll be a different people. I think we'll be in a different place with our Lord and Savior. Nathan, if you could just play some soft music. I just want you to find a place to pray. I want you to seek God and find out what He has for you. Find out what He plans for you through the power of the Holy Spirit.